Hello, and welcome to the Lucky Star Show and Tell podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Field. In today's episode, I'm joined by producer Sean Stratman to interview and introduce a super special star in the Lucky Star Galaxy, Austin singer-songwriter and owner of Girl Guitar, Mandy Rowden. Mandy has been the resident musician and campfire sing-along queen at Lucky Star since the very beginning, and I cannot imagine camp without her. She created Girl Guitar, a women's guitar school and rock camp that is celebrating its 15th anniversary this year. She's a multi-instrumentalist and award-winning musician who has recorded multiple albums and in her spare time is pursuing a master's degree in music history from Texas State University. Welcome to the podcast, Mandy Rowden. Today's episode is brought to you by No Issue. Hey, Lisa, I want to create some cool packaging for my business. Oh, yeah, no issue. Okay, but who should I use who cares about the environment, customizes to my brand, and is easy to work with? No issue. Okay, yeah, I get it's no issue, but who does that? No issue does that. I worked with them on my registration boxes, and their products are not only sustainable, but they're also beautiful. Check out www.noissue.com co to learn all about the products they create to make your brand really stand out. It's no issue. Welcome to the Lucky Star Show and Tell podcast, Mandy Rowden. How are you? Thanks, Lisa. I'm awesome. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so glad you're here. And we have producer Sean Stratman here today too. Hello. For our interview. Hello, hello. Sean. <laughs> all right. First off, Mandy, tell us about yourself. Tell us, give us the brief childhood. Where'd you grow up? Where you live now? Oh, I love this. We're going to be here a while. I I was born at a very young age. <laughs> this is how these things always start. Um, no, I grew up in, um, in the college station area and then um, did a stint. I talk about it like prison. Um, I went to high school in Sulphur Springs, Texas, up in the Northeast. And then uh, got down here as quick as I could. I'm, I'm in Austin now. I've been in the Austin area for over 20 years now. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's the more or less of like where I've lived. But I've been playing music in some version my whole life. Ever since I, I guess I started violin lessons when I was like six. And it's just been some version of music ever since, which is a lot of, I think, why I've anchored in Austin. And a lot about why I'm talking to you guys now, too. Why, why our paths crossed. What got you to Austin specifically? Well, you know, um, it was a total accident, like most of the cool things in my life. Um, but I accidentally ended up going to school for a while at Southwest Texas State in San Marcos. Um, and that, I, I really never spent time in Austin before, but uh, that's how I kind of got introduced by being like half an hour south of here. And um that's where I really started playing a lot of guitar and writing a lot of songs, which was just sort of a natural segue into the Austin scene, um, where I found a really a good a good home and community and, and all that stuff. So I kind of just planted. And uh, it, again, a total accident. And I was just like, oh, well, I'm accidentally in the perfect place for me. So I guess I'll just <laughs> stick it out. Um, so yeah, that's the long and short of it. I can keep blabbing. I'm just... Y'all might need like a flag or something. <laughs> you blab away. 
Wait, how did Lisa and Mandy meet? I don't think I know this story. Okay, so yeah, I've got to tell the story. So back in 2012, when I was first, you know, planning the first Lucky Star that happened in 2013, I knew, I mean, like top, top two things, you know, music, the musical entertainment. I mean, it's, it's right up there. And I knew that I wanted to have a campfire and I really honestly had, that was probably one of the things I was worried about the most because I had no idea who to ask. And I, I kind of threw it out there to friends and family, hoping that someone had a connection with somebody who might be into this. And I got a couple of suggestions that were like, oh, this person at my church sings. And I'm like, mm, that is not exactly, this had to be a certain personality. It had to be someone with a heart for teaching. And I, I just knew it was going to be hard to find. And one day out of the blue, probably, gosh, it was probably still a few months out from the first camp. I got a message from my sister-in-law, Janet Field, who lives in Fort Worth. And she had a friend in Austin, who's a guy. And he told her about girl guitar. And she was like, Lisa, I think that this might be where you need to look into, you know, where you might want to start. And so I, I think I just called you up. Like I, I just called you. I I don't think I even sent you a message or anything first. I called you up and told you what I was doing. And you're like, yeah, I'm interested. That sounds interesting. And the rest is history. And you were well, perfect. It's my my side of the story is a kind of a funny little um, companion piece to that because um, I uh, didn't want to do it at first, <laughs> and I have trouble saying no, and I'm always <laughs> mad at myself about that. And when you said women's art camp, I pictured one thing, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh god, what? What, what do you mean? I don't know, like. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go as far as saying I pictured like mm, macaroni paper plate shaker, (laughs) like wraps or something. Um, I really don't know exactly what I pictured, but I thought it was going to be kind of dorky. And um, when you called me, I was actually in New Orleans. I was partying. I was like half in the bag. So you were drunk. (laughs) Almost definitely a little bit. And, um, I, I don't know. It was just like, well, I'll give it a try, but I have no idea what to expect. And, um, it sounds dumb. This is, I mean, I'm just being honest. This is what's going through my head. I didn't want to pack and there were all, I had to like go to Hobby Lobby and that stressed me out. And, um, I don't know. I mean, all the way there, I remember being like, you've got to learn how to say no. This is your time to learn boundaries, Rowden. And then like all the way up, I think until the point where I pulled through the gates at Waldemar. And then like this whole thing was just like, oh, (laughs) and I think you know how I feel now because. Well, I feel like you need to tell everyone how you feel now since you said it was dumb. No, I mean, please understand that I, I tell this story at camp all the time. Like what a wrong headed dumbass I was in the beginning with this whole thing. Wrong headed dumbass. I mean, obviously it's been like 10 years and you can't get me to leave. I have more 
on my necklace than anybody. It's like a huge point of pride for me. So I think you, I think you know that like none of that's meant to be ugly. Um, it's actually yeah, meant to no, be like, a huge compliment. I so, totally love that story. Um, uh, yeah, everything I pictured was so wrong and it's so much better than I probably could have imagined if I had have even been into it at the beginning. oh yeah it's the best uh more on that later but (laughs) mandy are you the only person in your family who plays instruments i mean i know the answer to this question already but i want you to tell us well i'm the only one of my siblings my two sisters would probably be great musicians if they'd been a little more into it but um yeah, my, my mom's a piano player, and that had a big influence on me growing up. Um, and she actually tried to teach me for a while as a kid, but, like, that doesn't always work out very well. And um, But she was always, like, my goal. Growing up, I would have I've, – I've seen old journals from when I was a kid where I had, like, my little five-year plans and stuff, and it was always, like, be as good at the piano as mom, which is stupid because she's still way better than me. Oh, she's so um, good. She's actually played at camp to accompany Glee Club. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so I still haven't reached my five-year plan from when I was eight. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so so mom is a, is a pianist, but she's like a way classier kind of a musician than I am. She has a degree in piano and, um, you know, she, she plays beautiful, beautiful music and here I am like playing in bars and being raunchy and gross. And um, yeah, it's just, it's different, but, but yeah, but we, we definitely um, have influenced each other a lot over the years. I'm like, I've made her play with my band before, I guess is what I'm getting. Have at. you? That's always kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. She's yeah, so cool. cool. Yeah. She's a trip. So, um, but yeah, at the moment I, you know, I'm the only one who's like a, like a working musician anymore. So when did you realize that you could do this music thing as a career? I wish I had some great story about an epiphany, but I think it was more like a slow burn of always kind of figuring I didn't, I wasn't going to be good at anything else. <laughs> so um, I just always loved it. And I, I don't think I had any other aspirations to do anything else professionally ever. In college, I changed my major like every week or two and, you know, kind of dabbled with all these different things I maybe kind of could do, but I was never into any of them. And I could rattle for a while about how I've tried to branch out as a, you know, to become a well-rounded person and how all of it just turns me right back around to somehow being involved in music again. And so I'm still waiting around to see if I'm ever going to make a ton of money on it. <laughs> but, but as far as a career and enough to, you know, to do what I do, it, it, it's just been a constant since I was a kid. I started getting paid to play gigs when I was 11. Oh, wow. So that was where my first, you know, like spending money came from was, was that kind of thing. Like playing for little church functions and things like that. They'd give yeah. me like 20 bucks to, to play hymns or, um, yeah. I mean, I remember like this is a, I played for luncheons that my mom would go to and I had a collection of hymns, a few classical standards and a piano adaptation of the little mermaid soundtrack I was was pretty badass at those songs I I can I can so relate to that I I have been the wedding and funeral singer in our family (laughs) and amongst my friends 
for oh, years, which is very stressful, people. That is hard to do. Like That's high stakes. Especially when you know the person that passed away. It's hard to get up there and belt it yeah, out. Yeah, and crying and, yeah, oh, my God. Lisa, did you grow up with either of your parents playing music or oh, having yeah. music in your in your world? So my dad plays the mandolin, the fiddle, the guitar, the banjo, even like the harmonica. I mean, dad you know, my father is, does that too. I mean, we I have know, that's another weird thing that we have in common is that I the reason I asked you is because it sounds like all three of us were raised in very very musical families. There's something about a childhood raised with music and I myself only play the flute but not very well like at an 8th grade level and um one of the things I did for my kids is I had concert series out at our farm because I wanted them to be raised with music because I think that the the like the 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 weaving of that feeling of live music and the way that it brings people together there's just nothing really quite like it for me anyway I don't know how you guys feel about that I totally agree I agree so that makes me think um so I I grew up dad played a lot of bluegrass music which I love and Roger and I actually even had a bluegrass band play at our wedding like mariachi style like at the reception they would just move from table to table playing bluegrass music (laughs) um it just I've told this story at camp before but I want to say it again here because like Sean was saying that live music experience is so cool. And as a kid, I was about 12, and my parents teamed up with another family who was also a very musical family, and he and my dad would play bluegrass music together. And we came up to Kerrville for the folk festival, and that was like my first experience of that collective soul feeling that you get when you're sitting in an audience and all of a sudden it hits you and you've got goosebumps all over you. The performer is performing and like it, the electricity, it just, it hits you. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh my God. Yes. The goosebump moment. And this particular uh, family band that was on the stage playing that night actually had us hold hands with the person next to us. So I'm holding hands with my dad on one side and my mom's on the other side of him and my brother. And then I'm holding hands with the total stranger on the other side. And we were under these big oak trees and that thing happened and I've got goosebumps and I can feel the energy connection to everyone around me. And I felt like that whole place was just electrically charged. I mean, it was the coolest feeling ever. And I knew at that moment that live music and music was going to be a part of my life forever. What what was y'all's first experience with that? Do you have a story, Mandy? You know, I didn't grow up with live music. I didn't grow up with cool music, like what you guys are talking about. Um, Mine was almost all church and classical. So my experience probably would have been like, or my, my, my comparison to that 
would have probably been like when mom and I would go see the Nutcracker every Christmas or um, uh, maybe not every year, but pretty regularly we went to Handel's Messiah. Mm. Um, growing up in College Station, um, we would a lot of these events were happening on, on the A&M campus and um, we would go to those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, to this day, I'll just be honest, whatever. I don't get as embarrassed as I used to, but like to hear live classical music in a concert setting like that, like sitting in the dark in a, like a concert hall or whatever, I will ball like sloppy, <laughs> snotty bawling through the whole thing. And it's, it's crazy. So it's a little different than what you're talking about, but as far as just being like completely moved, yeah, moved big you. time. Yeah. Oh, what oh, about yeah. you, Sean? And it wasn't until later that I heard what I call cool music. I think for me, music was, such an integral part of my childhood because my parents split when I was very young. And when I was at my dad's house, which was at different times, 50-50, especially in the summers, he hauled us into the bars with him because we didn't have babysitting. (laughs) And so we would go into the bars and we got to sit at the table right next to the band and listen to the music. My dad was also a bluegrass musician. We would stay there until bedtime and then they would put us in the van behind the bar and lock the van, which I was always terrified about. (laughs) I did not want to be in the van. However, it was like usually like 11 o'clock. It was the last set or whatever. And they could see the van usually from the from the place. It was a different time. But I, as a kid, those were some of my happiest times because I, I always felt so cool to be the kid in the bar at night oh, yeah. with the band and my siblings. And we had our little special table and people kind of fawned over us a little bit because we were so young and well-behaved and sitting there you know, enjoying the music. So I, I was raised with it. Just, it was very, very interwoven into all the time I spent at my dad's house, I would say. And my mom was really good too. It, um, she was same, same Mandy, like always seeking out musical experiences. And I too saw many live music performances and many ballet, the Joffrey ballet, Nutcracker. And, and there is, there's something just so moving about all of it. I still, to this day, just like you, will ball. I, I recently went and saw Riverdance live and literally cried the entire time and was like grabbing my friend's leg the entire time. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't help myself. So I get it. I, I think that we all have to share that, that music. And I think that that, Lisa, when you and I, you were brainstorming Lucky Star with me before Lucky Star even had a name, you talked about music and that music had to be part of Lucky Star. And I love how this relationship, yours and Mandy's, has come about because Lucky Star would not be Lucky Star without Mandy. No. Aw, shut up. Not. No. And I say that all the time. I say that Mm-mm. all the time. It's true. I feel so honored to to feel that way. I mean, everybody wants to um, feel wanted and like they belong and like they're part of something and I'd probably drag my ass out there, even if y'all didn't really want me that bad, but it's so much more special to hear that from y'all. Thank you. So part of what I was looking for in that person that was ultimately going to be chosen to be the you know resident musician at Lucky Star was a passion for teaching and a, a heart for teaching. At the time knowing that Mandy had a business called Girl Guitar and was teaching women how to play the guitar, I was thrilled because 
I knew that I wanted to have like guitar classes at camp as well. I, I just couldn't get over how cool it was to think that a grown woman could go to a sleepaway camp and learn a few chords on the guitar while she's there and be able to play multiple songs with just those three chords and then join in and even perform on the Saturday night of camp and then take that home and either grow with it or set it down and do it again next year at camp. I, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And, and it has been so awesome to watch it all unfold over the years and see all these women who have learned how to play right alongside you. I mean, under your tutelage, Mandy. So where did the idea for girl guitar come from? Oh, this is a good one. Um, well, it was accidental. <laughs> of course, I'm just a freaking bumbling idiot here, just uh, falling into cool things sometimes. Um, I've been teaching at the Austin School of Music for many years, working pretty much exclusively with little kids on violin and piano, which sounds really cute, but it's a recipe for burnout. So I, um, I burned out <laughs> and did what a lot of people at that age do, just like loaded up my car and moved to New York for a while. It was a great experience, but I ran out of money, like a lot of people do, and came back to Austin. It was the holidays. I couldn't find a job, or I did, but it was at this terrible bar, and everything sucked, and my um, cell phone got cut off, and I was just at a super freaking low point. Somebody from Austin School of Music suggested to me while we we're all out drinking one night, and I'm, you know, bitching about how terrible everything is, and, uh, she says, why don't you throw together a women's guitar class here? Just, you know, enough to get your stupid bill paid and you can have a phone again like an adult. <laughs> and so I did. And one of my favorite little tidbits is that this was the MySpace era. Ooh. So with zero thought whatsoever, I, I called it Girl Guitar. Somebody drunkenly mentioned, oh, you called Girl Guitar. Um, so I did. I, I put this name on it and I, you know, put it out there and planned this class and managed through MySpace to get enough women to start this class. And I paid my cell phone bill. That was really exciting for me. That's awesome. <laughs> I've had a cell phone ever since. It's cool. So anyway, we had such a great time. And everybody wanted to do it again after our little six weeks was done. And then their friends wanted to do it. And then we wanted to add songwriting. And then we outgrew Austin School of Music and had to get our own space. And that led to adding in band classes, which is a huge part of what we do now. And then we you know, broadened into like a million different kinds of instruments and styles and levels and I've hired a lot of other teachers and gone through many, many, many evolutions of the thing. We're, we just celebrated 15 years, so a lot's happened. But it all started from not like this great idea. I wish I could brag that I masterminded this wonderful thing, but it came from my cell phone being cut off and getting drunk with just the right people. <laughs> and that's, that's how it started. Born out of necessity. <laughs> exactly. So it's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. I, I kind of like probably always going to be proud of that. You know, it's something uh, to be really be proud of. And 15 years is yeah, that's a big deal, Mandy. It's huge. We just had a gigantic party and I feel sufficiently celebrated. It's pretty cool. Now it's just back to back to the teaching and the playing and the musicking. So, so you teach classes, but you have other people who teach classes as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you guys also do performances like showcases. Tell us about that. Yeah. 
Oh man, the showcases are a blast. That has been a part of it from the very beginning. That very first class in early 2007, we wanted we I, I wanted the girls to get to perform. I, I thought rather than just vaguely learning, vaguely saying, let's get better at guitar. I feel like for adults, it's really helpful to say, we're going to be on stage on this date. Mm -hmm. And when you have something specific, you got to work towards, well, you tend to kind of get your ass in gear. Exactly. A little harder, you know, so plus it's fun. It's fun to have like an exclamation point on the end of the experience and for us to all go kind of party together, perform together. So that, you know, it started, the very first one was actually right here on South Lamar in Austin, um, a little Mexican restaurant with a patio. We were going there after class to drink margaritas anyway, and they were nice enough to let us set up a little PA and play our songs. And, um, you know, a couple of friends showed up and we loved it and it was awesome. And it's grown to something much, much, much huger than that since then. But that's where it all began. It's actually right around the corner from my house. I see it every day. There you go. There it was. That's our good. humble beginnings. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, fun stuff. It's, it's pretty special. So what other things do you do, Mandy, for fun? What are your hobbies other than music <laughs> in your spare time? In my spare time? Well, you know, because I, I think you've been doing some of this too, and we haven't gotten to sufficiently nerd out about it. But right before the pandemic, I started running. Oh, yeah. It was pretty pretty minimal. I'd set a goal of running for 10 minutes every other day. <laughs> and I was kind of sticking with it. But you know, when the pandemic hit, I felt super lucky to already have a little bit of like a um, outlet and a, a thing that I could go do that wasn't affected by having to be around other people. And so I kind of hit it a little bit harder. And this February, I ran the Austin Marathon. And I've run a couple of half marathons since then. And I'm just, you know, it's like so good for my head. <laughs> I'm probably just going to always do this somehow. May not always do a bunch of marathons. That's a little crazy, but running, man, that's become a huge, huge thing for me. But like a, a different kind of running than I always pictured. I'm not very competitive, definitely not fast. It's more like this meditative thing where I'm just kind of like going through these motions and logging the hours and the mental clarity and endurance and all this that I pick up from it is how much time do we have? I should probably leave it at that. Uh, have you seen Brittany runs a marathon? No. What is that? <laughs> it's kind of what kicked it all off for me. It's this movie that I accidentally stumbled across. And the next day I started running. It's just about this girl. She's like an every girl. She's not athletic. She's like her life's a mess. She's got to get her shit together. And so she accidentally starts running. This is kind of a fun tidbit. She sort of gets into it by accident and, you know, the rest is history. It's super inspirational. But her little buddy in the movie is an actress named Michaela Watkins. You guys probably know her. You've definitely seen her and stuff. She's super cool. So, like, I go run for a year or something after watching this movie. And then freaking Michaela Watkins joined Girl Guitar. What? Um, yeah, she took a class from me. And I got to know her a little bit. And I was able to tell her. I was like, you had a really big cool. impact on me. Y'all would know her. She's on Saturday Night Live for a while. And, uh, she's great. She's super cool. That is so, so awesome. Um, yeah, that was, like, a really fun little um, serendipitous bit about my little running life and how it ties in with music and stuff. But yeah <laughs> if that's that that story ties into something that Lisa and I always talk about, which is how you can make one change in your life, 
like just one thing. You can do one thing that you've never done before and that it can lead you on a path that's so much deeper than you could ever expect. That's your story right now. That's your one thing that you did. I'm sure you'll do another thing and another thing and another thing because you have that spirit. But I always love hearing those stories because that's the example right there. There's that, that's the one thing you did differently is you like yeah. tried to run for 10 minutes and <laughs> now look at you. Yeah. Well, it's, it is pretty cool how that stuff works out. And this is probably nothing new to you guys. Cause we're all the kind of people who love to try new things and push ourselves and maybe collect challenges and experiences and things like that. So I'm preaching to the choir in this crowd, but yeah, that kind of stuff really, really, really is big to me. So yeah, my little running story is something I'm very proud of. Very happy about where it is right now. You should be proud of that. Mandy, tell us about the tour and you do that. You've done this several times now and it's, it's a, it's a big deal going all the way to Wyoming, Montana. I love that. Tell us how that started. Well, um, accidentally. <laughs> Again? There's a theme. There's a theme There's today, a theme. I think. Yeah, well, it's been a lifelong dream of mine to never freaking spend summer in Texas ever again if I can possibly help it. So when I first started traveling with my music, I got an opportunity to play a show in Montana. I had never thought about Montana at any point previous to this. Didn't really know what to expect at all. Went for it because I have trouble saying no, of course. Then, you know, for anyone who's been there, you know where this is going. It's the greatest place ever. It's insanely gorgeous. I absolutely loved it. Freaked out. Can't believe I hadn't been like obsessing about Montana for my entire life. So uh, after that, I just made it a point when I traveled to to, to get there. It, it's not easy to get to, but um, to me, it's completely worthwhile. So like every tour I've ever booked, it usually has like a West Coast thing. Of course, there's some Colorado in there and then like this big ridiculous loop <laughs> all the way up into Montana. And I've never regretted that I make that happen. And then, you know, strategically, I, I plan it during the summer so I can get the hell out of here for a minute. And then I've kind of adapted it recently to where instead of touring all around and including Montana, I kind of just go to Montana, forget everywhere else. And that's what I'm doing this summer is just going up for three or four weeks and playing all around like the western part of the state and several shows down in Wyoming. And that's it. I'm going up there, playing for a while, coming right back. I'm taking a couple extra days to camp in Glacier National Park. Oh, fine. That place is on my list. I'm such a National Parks junkie. I know you like them, too. That's exciting. Yeah, National Parks are like a a huge, huge thing in my little world. And so um, I've been to Glacier five or six times now. And I always tell people, if you're going to Yellowstone, you're road tripping, you're trying to figure out if it's worth the extra six-hour drive or something, yes, it's worth it. You'll never regret it. It's the most amazing place. So, yeah, I just can't wait. It's become like a second home for me. I have friends and community up there, and so, like, I, I'm just eager. It's like a homecoming every time I get up there. So so here I go again. I'm leaving a little over a month from now. I saw something recently on your social media about a Volkswagen bus. <laughs> What is happening there? Oh, we just saw that. Uh, I That's crazy because I've posted it 75 times a day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it's working. Yeah, Girl Guitar's growing like crazy. And we've been in need for a long time of uh, 
for, for like a, a vehicle to haul stuff. When we play, when we do showcases and all, we're, we're actually kind of incorporating a lot more performing right now. Every time we do it, it's like, I got to get all these volunteers and everybody shows up here and we load up different cars and we, you know, make multiple trips. Sometimes it's fun, but it's so much work. It's so time consuming and it's becoming really unsustainable. So I've been poking around trying to figure out how to make this work. I thought we would just get like one of those big, ugly, white 15 passenger vans, like vans use. And when I started to look into that, it became clear to me that for like exactly the same amount of money, we can get a vintage Volkswagen mm -hmm. van. <laughs> so <be> cool. obviously <laughs> we just took off that direction and never looked back. So right now we're smack in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign. I wanted this thing to be funded by the members of Girl Guitar, the people who were going to benefit from it. I want it to be our van, you know, yeah. like this huge labor of love. Also, it's a ton of money and I just, I needed some help. <laughs> so we're well on our way. We have a donor right now who's agreed to match the donations that come in this week. And that's going to make a huge difference. And there's still a huge amount of money that we don't have and a lot of question marks, but I just put a, don put a, a down payment on a, 1972 Volkswagen bus in Florida right. that will be shipped to us when the Kickstarter's done. And all that remains is to just come up with the money quick because Kickstarter's all or nothing. So we have a lot of money in there, but if we don't hit our goal of 30,000, we don't get jacked. Really? So yeah, that's how it works. So I'm like leaning heavy on the community right now. Like y'all wanted this. Y'all told me, you told me. <laughs> so let's make let's it happen. Let's make it happen. Um, and I'm fully confident that it will, but they're going to make me sweat it a little bit. <laughs> then you can say it was accidental. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally found this 30 grand. Here we go. Mandy, yeah, you are an award-winning Austin singer-songwriter. You have multiple albums under your belt. Tell us about the experience of recording and creating an album writing from from writing your own music to getting on stage and performing it tell us what that is to you it's a super loaded question um let me think where to start i you know i told y'all i grew up with like the classical and the gospel and all of that stuff and I didn't really fully branch off into what I keep calling cool music. <laughs> when I was 21, I had just come down to San Marcos, uh, transferred to school there, and I was really, really far away from home for the first time. That first semester I was there, my parents got a divorce. It sucked. It sucked a lot. That's That was the impetus that finally got me writing songs. Um, I'd been trying to dabble in it. I kind of wanted to do it, but I... I was missing like a huge emotional upheaval <laughs> until that point, And I got one. So uh, the way I dealt with all of that was by songwriting. And it's been a constant for me ever since. So I really, I, at that point, I, I dropped out of play. I, I'd been studying classical violin with a teacher there at the School of Music at, at Southwest. And I got out of that. I started playing fiddle in country bands and I started writing songs and it took me a while before I got around to recording a full album on my own. Um, I, I, I recorded with a lot of other people, but at this point I've got four of them. I've done them in a bunch of different places, lots of different styles of, of recording, and I've, I've gained a lot of experience, I guess, but this last one 
that I made during the early parts of the quarantine was one of my favorite experiences so far. It's hard to say. Albums are a little bit like children, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, I guess. I don't have any, but <laughs> this is what people tell me. It's like, I love them all. I don't love any of them more than the others for different reasons. They're great. But making Parachute during the quarantine got me to finally play all the instruments on an album, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I played every single guitar track, all the violin, piano, mandolin, cavaqueño, even a bunch of the bass, didn't play the drums. But yeah, that was a really, really freaking cool experience to to be able to do that simply because we couldn't bring other musicians in because COVID was like, you know, back, it was pre-vax. It was a scary, scary, scary time. <laughs> so yeah. Um, the latest album is Parachute. It came out actually last March in 21. But the funny thing about releasing stuff during COVID is like the timeline is totally different. I'm still promoting that. This tour that happens next month will be for that album because I couldn't do it last summer. You know, So it's kind of funny. The, the process is on like a warped timeline yeah. compared to what it should normally be. So I am still working that one, but I'm also... Um, itching to to start the next one too so I have several ideas bouncing around and I don't know exactly what I'll land on I'm a bit limited at the moment being that I'm trying to also get my master's degree so a lot of my free time and 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 fun money is (laughs) kind of wrapped up at the moment so uh, and what's your degree in I'm thinking uh it's gonna be in music history that's awesome accidentally accidentally (laughs) (laughs) that's a long story but yeah yeah, music history. I'm actually going to do a thesis on the kind of the current version of the oral tradition that exists in um, female singer-songwriters in, in Central Texas, stuff I know about. So I'm really excited for it. I have a great advisor. I've got great people, great, good stuff going on. You're so impressive and talented, Mandy. I mean, to be a business owner, a performer, and to be going to school at the same time and to be growing your business the way that you're growing it at warp speed right now, it seems, is just amazing and inspiring to me. Oh, well, right back at you. I mean, you're doing the same thing. Maybe minus grad school or whatever, but definitely you know, minus grad school. You're doing it too. <laughs> Raising a family, doing a million other things too. So But yeah, thank you. And it's just super impressive that I do it all without any um like emotional breakdown and my hair always looks great. And I think I'm like accidentally losing a ton of weight. It's so weird how I'm just, it's so flawless. Masterclass. Uh, Bullshit. (laughs) All right. So at camp, Mandy, like I said earlier, is our resident singer songwriter entertainment she always does a little concert for us the first night of camp at our opening ceremony. And then on at least one or two other nights of camp, she does what we call our campfire sing-along, which is where everyone sits there quietly and behaves themselves and they don't request any songs and Manny just leads it and it's it goes very sober. smoothly. <laughs> and they're all very sober. No, it is like one of the best things about camp. Everyone requests songs and sings their heart out around the campfire. You guys, 
What are some of the songs we do? Blister in the Sun, Blackbird, Delta Dawn. Delta Dawn. <laughs> Damn it. Every time. Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire. There's always a lot of silly 80s stuff that gets done. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's the best. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's so good, too, because it's a huge part of the tradition of camp. So it could never not happen like I don't know what would happen if Andy wasn't there because it's such yeah people really glom onto tradition and the campfire is tradition Mandy leading our very show and tell two parts of show and tell right so girl guitar and glee club yes it's tradition and she's a huge part of the tradition of what camp is which I think has to be noted absolutely and you just mentioned Glee Club. So Mandy's classes that she teaches, she teaches girl guitar, which is like a beginner um, slash intermediate guitar class. And it's always a wildly popular class. And then she does some private guitar and ukulele lessons um, on the edges of class time in the afternoons. And then she also, we started doing Glee Club a couple of years ago, which has been so much fun. I am, I, I was in choir as a kid. So all the way through middle school and high school, I was a big choir girl, like an officer in choir, you know, and always loved my, and I missed my time in choir and it was a big part of my life. And it's just gone, you know, unless I want to go sing in the church choir or go try to find some, you know, chorus to join locally. It's basically gone from my life. And at camp, now I get to experience that whole thing again. And it's so much fun. And we do perform on the show and tell night of camp. And Mandy, you're such a great leader and you always come up with this, the best medley and the best choreography <laughs> because that's your favorite part. This is similar to when you asked me to do camp. <laughs> when you asked me to do Glee Club, I was like, what the hell? I don't, I never did Glee Club. I don't, I've never danced. Um, you know, I was like, whatever, if Lisa asks, I'll do it. But I'm, you know, like secretly not going to have a great attitude until the first one. And then I was like, holy crap, this is the funnest thing ever. Let's do it all the time. And yeah, maybe since I am such a not a dancer, that's part of what makes it fun. Because the stuff we come up with is ridiculous. There's a lot of jazz hands <laughs> flying around. <laughs> oh my God. But now my head's spinning because I know that Sean plays the flute. Oh! <laughs> we could have our first mm. flute solo. Might we have some Titanic this fall? <laughs> I, I will do that. That would be awesome. Okay. You start learning, my heart will go on. We're going to have... Um... <laughs> oh, yeah. And Done. There might be some made in there too. See, this is know. this is the point. This is the point of what you just said. Now that you've given me a challenge, I have to do it. Right. So I will be practicing all summer long. You got to do the dance moves <laughs> while you're playing the flute, Sean. <laughs> okay, no, just one. I'll play the flute. Mandy will, won't accept learn. anything. Else. This is going to be so good. Oh lord. <laughs> so, okay. 
So Mandy will be teaching girl guitar again, as well as Glee Club this year, because we could not stand it if we didn't have those classes. And she'll also be out at the campfire performing and leading our sing-along. She is not only musical entertainment, but like Sean was saying earlier, she is part of the tradition of camp. And she's even gone along with me to pop-ups all over. Sean hosted a pop-up in South Carolina, and Mandy came along and performed there. She also performs at Wander Inn and does our campfire there for our weekend event. And she is also performing all around Austin and the surrounding area all the time. Mandy, how can our listeners find you outside of Lucky Star? The easiest place is MandyRowden.com. Also, GirlGuitarAustin.com. They link to each other, so it's easy. But that's where you can uh, track down either the, the Girl Guitar side of stuff or, like, my personal music, all of that. And then, I mean, like, I'm like everybody. I'm all over social media and whatnot, all the silly stuff you got to do. Um, so I'm easy to find. No problem. And Mandy, I wrap up every interview with the same question, which is if you had to show and tell about something right now, what would it be? Like right this minute? Yes, right now. Um, Oh, that's a great question. Have you been working Um, on anything special? Have you written a poem that you would like to recite? Oh, God, I got to do it right (laughs) now. Um, If I had to do show and tell, I got it. Part of my master's degree is that I had to take some uh, like jazz guitar classes this mm-hmm. semester. So I actually had to perform like in a recital hall playing jazz guitar, which terrified me. I've never touched jazz in my life. And um, I don't really, I'm not comfortable performing in recital hall situations. I don't get banter. I can't like warm people up with some <laughs> freaking fart jokes or something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> like actually try to be good at the guitar so um yeah if I had to do it right this minute I could play you like a really pretty version of some old Broadway standards or something to that effect but but let's not that's I I like the idea of it though yeah (laughs) you can imagine it it's nice Mandy thank you so much for being with us today we've taken up a lot of your time and I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate you and love having you in the lucky star galaxy you are our, one of our shiniest stars, and I'm, I'm so, so happy that you're on our team. Well, my pleasure. I'm happy to be on the team. If that ever changed, I'd be super sad, probably kind of pissed. So <laughs> let's just keep it awesome like this. This is good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mandy. Bye. Thanks, Mandy. Bye. Bye, everybody. If you think you might be interested in attending Lucky Star Art Camp someday, or want to join our Lucky Star Galaxy community, visit our website at www.luckystarartcamp.com.